join. Uh, <laughs> hey, Adolf, I was just doing a short introduction. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Uh, so just a short introduction of, of this session. Um, yet again, this is, this is me, Marcus, aka the Gravelholic. I will um, interview Ralph Ega today. And we are going to talk about wheels. And this is going to be super, super interesting. Reason why I have these sessions, just a short recap for you who haven't joined before, is basically that I'm, uh, honestly, I'm a newbie cyclist. I'm a mid-pack rider. I'm nothing super special. And I was thinking about how, how can I, I get so many questions from you guys, basically. And, and how would I be able to ever answer all of those? I'm, I can't answer that. I always answer everyone. Like, I'm not the expert, but I can give you my advice anyways. But so I was thinking, what can I do about that? Yeah, let's ask the experts. So here I am with, with Ralph this time talking about, uh, uh, talking about wheels. And to be honest, I have done so many mistakes. And I think I want to start with that thing, Ralph. And I, I might have to excuse myself the, <laughs> because I remember the first time that we talked, I said I, I asked you guys sorry, where you're from. I don't know if you realized that that time when, when we met the first time. <laughs> the the Swiss that you work for, right? This is a Swiss company. So I should I kind of should have known. That was the question, yes, which was kind of stupid. But I, here I am. And that's the kind of mistakes that I do. So here I am. Um doing someone who knows a little bit more than these things about me. Thank you. So hey Ralf, how are you today? Yeah, hey. Yo, hey, Ralf, huh? for the Swedish-speaking people here. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ralf, oh, yeah. How do you yeah, pronounce it? Ralf. Yeah. Yes, I thought that. Yeah, yeah. Ralf, 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 Ralf. Exactly. I mean, Ralf is a pretty, or used to be a pretty common Swedish name as well. So I have a yeah. lot of Ralfs no. that I that I know, and and not Ralf that you say in English, right? No, it's, it's, it's been a really <laughs> cool summer so far. I think the the autumn is also very nice. We have really nice. Um, light at the moment so it's, it's awesome to ride outside and i think you you ride also the, the, the yeah you enjoy also the rides i've seen you riding today and uh looks also beautiful in sweden currently yeah it's been so amazing this last part yeah. of the summer has been so amazing and and just like today being outside i was outside quite late with my son today as well and just see the sunset and everything it's it's beautiful quite spectacular this time of year around yeah, but hey, you work for for this amazing company DT Swiss. Tell me a little bit about uh, just DT Swiss. Not not that maybe that's first. I just actually want to know a little bit more about you first before we talk about the company. And um, so, what, what kind of bike do you? I, you have probably lost several bikes. So, which one is your favorite and why? Oh no, now we lost him a little bit. Let's see, he's coming back hopefully. Waiting for Ralph to reconnect. I hope it's not my connection though. Might be, but you never know. So this part after, I can tell you this, guys. So if you can't join the whole session, uh, you can always watch this afterwards as well. Um, you can watch it afterwards on uh, YouTube. Uh, you can just search for, for Gravelholic and uh, you'll find me. You can, watch, you can listen to it as well, both on Spotify and on, um, uh, on Apple Podcasts. So the sessions that I've done before, and this one and everything in the future what will a, also be what, available what a great uh, on all those <laughs> no? oh, it's okay i got the opportunity to actually say something that i forgot to say earlier so <laughs> about all the folks so all good yeah my question was basically i i assume that you have several bikes but which one is your favorite um, and why? Um, you, you can assume that i was a little bit more than roadie 
and uh, my my passion is uh, comes from triathlon, so I'm a speed uh, on speed disciplines, and I would say that um, I'm currently more a roadie than a gravel cyclist, but I uh, I picked up gravel cycling in the past uh, two, three, four years, uh, also within Corona because the, um, the 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 roads were just congested and it was crowded, and I I realized that it's nice to road outside ride outside. And we have so much good opportunities to ride off-road. And uh, I can commute to the to company to, to, to work, but I can also go just out in the nature, um, go for a little ride. Um, I mentioned as well, it is good to, um, to have just a short ride, not always a really long ride. So I wouldn't prefer going on a, on yeah. a, on a long trip, but actually yeah. currently I would, would say more road. In autumn, I will turn more to a gravel cyclist. Yeah, that's kind of funny because there's there's a lot of people that do that. They spend the, the summer season uh, riding road, and then the, in the autumn, when when the gravel roads are starting to get muddy and dirty, then they go on the gravel roads. And I'm like, you should do it the other way around. It's much smarter. You should ride on the road because you get less dirty yeah, <laughs> in the winter but, time. But I, I always think about, about the winter that is uh, that I'm facing. In the winter, you have much more stronger winds, and so I can hide in the in the woods. And which I don't, which I don't do in the summer. So I'm, I'm preferring in the summer to ride more um, in the sunlight on, on dry roads and a little bit more faster. And winter speed doesn't matter for me, but still I like to go fast. Yeah. Your excuse, Ralph. It's okay. But uh, I just want to say that any, any bike is a gravel bike, so you can take your tri bike as well. On the uh, we, we, we <laughs> but should, maybe we should, we're going to speak about, about that in a little bit. Talk, why that's not the best idea. Yeah. So let me know. You're working for DT Swiss. I mean, f for me, when I, when I bought my first bike, I bought a uh, Canyon Grail um, some four years ago, and that had DT Swiss wheels on it. And uh, I did not know basically anything about bikes at that time point in time. So I was just pure lucky that I, I bought a bike that had a very good uh, aluminium wheel set on it. But tell me, wh wh where is DT Swiss coming from? Not physically then, but sort of the history. And yeah, tell me a little bit about the company. We what might is have, it all about? Uh, talked about this before, but I think the, the audience might, might be interested as well. So the company was originally founded in 1994, so almost 30 years now, um, where DT Swiss is, um, is, is, has been located in Bielbien, uh, so in the, um, in the Swiss, Swiss part, in the in French and uh, German-speaking part of, of Switzerland. And but the origin is, is much more earlier, so more than 300 years ago, and the Vereinigte Drahtwerke, where, where the, um, the, 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 um, the ancestors of everything was there together with wire, with steel wire in, in Biel. And so there's a history of more than 300 years inside Biel, and this has been also turned into DT Swiss at the end. By 1994, the management buyout with uh, spoke machines um, that turned into DT Swiss later on. And D and T means actually the same. It's Drahtwerke or Treffeleries, which is the French name for Drahtwerke. So ah, I didn't know. I did not know that. So thank you. I was going to ask you so that. Within, actually, so within, thank you. Within, within thirty years, <laughs> where it I comes mean, from? I wouldn't say that we are dinosaur in in, uh, in bike history or in the uh, bike industry, but somehow quite quite long already in the uh, in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, 
Well, talking about gravel, and that has that has been an evolving scene for quite some time, right? And and there's there's so many different new things happening, and there's so many different new kind of genres of gravel. But but where do you see you you work in this industry, right? So where do you see gravel and also other kind of sort of cycling going? Gravel, gravel is um, what is gravel? I mean, we we should talk about what, where where can you locate gravel? You say okay, I can go uh, on a triathlon bike in gravel. Uh, but it's such a big thing. You you don't you don't know where to put it. Is it more mountain bike? Is it more racing? Is it somewhere somewhere in between? And but I think uh, in the past years we have been seeing that that is, this versatility of of a bike is uh, is so um, so important, so nice for for the people. So they can choose where they go if they want to go on the road, if they want to go off road, if they even want to go at a little bit at tougher, rougher roads, or if they just want to bike pick. And that's all gravel. I mean, it's lycra. Versus the lumberjack dirt. This is this is everything it, which plays inside this uh, the scenery, and it's um, has been a I think a, a, a quite quite yeah. successful. No, it's, it's also in yeah, for the gravel gravel industry and for the road industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true because there's so many people as well. When when they ask me about stuff like what kind of wheels should I have, what kind of tire should I have, I'm like that. Depends on how you how you want to ride and where you want to ride, right? Is it how how big big portion is it that you're riding on tarmac? How big portion is it that you're riding gravel? And is it fire roads? Is it like big gravel? Is it is it nice gravel? Is it fast gravel? What what kind is it? Are you adventure packing? What is it? It's so many different things that you need to take into context. And I'm not the expert on all of those things. I just know what I like. Yeah. So <laughs> you know. So you you like you like actually riding, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. And that's, yeah, that's kind of my niche. I'm not that fast, but, but I, I try to look fast at least. So. <laughs> 100%. No, but let's talk about, let's, we can talk about fast in, in a little bit, but um, if we talk about sort of, if we still want to sort of home in on gravel, it's a big, big thing, right? But if we talk about gravel specific wheels, what, what is the sort of, if you want to choose, if you want to look at wheels, right? I could take my road bike on uh, on gravel, right? As we said, but what 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 are the specificities that we should look into when when choosing wheels, and what what's more specifically more things that you need to think about? Well, uh, when, for when gravel, we talk about uh, gravel wheels, then then we talk about more sturdy wheels. So what what you actually do is you're not riding on this on the soft surface of road, which is um, normally we use like a classification. It's called ASTM class one, which is for a smooth surface of road riding, and uh, for for gravel riding. We have to go a different deeper, a bit deeper. So we have to make them more sturdy. The wheels. They have to also um, um, accept some drops, so little drops. And actually, they are. Um, they came from the cycling cyclocross um, racing sport. So these are the same demands, the same needs that that are that that are fulfilled within the, in the bikes, uh, in the, also in the, in the in the wheels. So ASTM class is one thing, but also you have to cope with a little bit more weight depending on what you do. If you're just a pure racer, then, then the weight of, the, of your bike and yourself, the system weight we're talking about this, is something which, is, which don't need to be really high because you're a tiny person, whatever. But then once you start doing um, bike packing, for example, you load your bike up, the bike is a little bit more heavy. You have more accessories on it. You have uh, more bottles on it with with uh, with water. You easily exceed 100 or 120 kilograms, um, very very easy. And this, this will have also a demand of a of a higher system weight. So these two things we have to make them more sturdy to accept like yeah. a little bit drops and a little bit uneven surface. 
but they all we also have to see that there's a certain certain requirements from the um from the weight perspective plus then we also add uh, having more comfort and also reliability of the components that you that you use so so everything plays into it when we talk about the comfort we come to tires we come to internal rim bridge but we will talk probably later on this but this is actually something which, yeah. which will be required if we if we are um, talking about rebel wheels Yeah, but let's um, we can we can talk about um, rim width now. I think it's because that's related to comfort, right? I think there's a lot of people that um, they they maybe do not realize or they they don't understand sort of how big of a difference it actually makes with the rim in width. So can we talk a little bit about that? When what the, what the difference makes? Uh, so for DT the tires? Swiss, we define like the the optimal rim inner width as twenty four millimeters, so which is the internal width. So this is measured between the hooks. This is where, where we measure the, the internal winds. So 24 millimeters means that the tire can, can expand quite well. If you have a, like a very tiny type of rim, which in all stuff, we might have only like 18 millimeters or even, even less sometimes, even with this brake. That means that the tire would be more compressed and then looks like a lollipop. So you can imagine having a lollipop on, your, on the stick. And this is really a, a round shape. And this would require another, um, uh, more more tire pressure to to get the tire tire wall stability. So when you have mm. like, you need tire wall stability to ride really well through the corners. If the tire wall is not stable enough um, because of less pressure, then it could could uh, to, could lead to uncertain uh, cornering. So what what we then see with twenty four millimeters larger mm. inner width, you will re you will not require too uh, too high pressure. Even without uh, with with uh, putting maybe forty five or up to fifty fifty three millimeters of tires onto the bike, or does it answer it? And that's 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 very that's very interesting. That's very interesting because I <clears throat> just scan, myself scanning the in industry and and seeing that this feels like the 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 inner width is something that more or less everyone is talking about now and they, they're trying to push the boundaries and just making bigger and bigger do you think there's will, will we see even wider inner width when it comes to gravel or, or have you found sort of the sweet spot now do you think no well, we started in 2019 with, with gravel and we defined then the, uh, the 24 millimeters as, as optimal and um, having continued developing rims and we just launched new um, new gravel rims like uh, one month ago and we still see, see that the 24 millimeters is, is optimal if we move up the uh, internal rim width uh, it means also the external rim width would would grow then you have larger tires and this would require more a different frame and then welcome to mountain biking so um i think the the industry will, will, will yeah. The industry is simply <laughs> not ready for for this. If you if you make make them wider, and I think it it is still I think it's it's more road than and less less mountain bike. If you if you want to want to want to go mountain biking, then put put uh, bigger tires on it. This will uh, there will you have like 25, yeah. 30 millimeters of rim inner which we which we also have in in our assortment of mountain bike wheels. But this, but you won't, but you won't, yeah. you won't, you no, won't get them in, in in normal frames. So the, the tires will be no. blowing up, and then we no. have a, no. another problem of clearance inside the frames. And it took the industry already three, four years to adapt the frame geometry, also the sizing of the frame, the clearance of the frame, 
to have it, everything inside and also have enough clearance around the tire. So you need like four millimeters tire clearance to have a safe, safe running. So even though the, the tire gets some, some mud, gets some stones, you don't, um, you don't damage your, your frame. And so when, when uh, gravel started, we came from cyclocross racing. Cyclocross was limited to 33 millimeters. So you exactly know, knew what, what, what clearance you will need in the in the frame but suddenly everybody said okay now, now let's do 30 35 38 40 45 and suddenly mm. okay this, yeah. this frame doesn't fit so this is uh, what, what happened so there's a slowly adaption but i think that we uh, are sitting well in the in the tire sizing of 40 to 45 millimeters depending on what you do if you're running faster you will require a, a less wide tire if you're going for more comfort 650b or um, bike packing, then um, a, a larger tire, a wider tire will lead to more comfort combined with less tire pressure. Yeah. But that's interesting. You're saying that the, your recommendation is four millimeters. Um, no, it's not a recommendation. It's a, it's a norm, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's a norm. <laughs> Okay, I've, sorry, I've had less, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think that, and that now I, you know, again, sort of a very blunt and honest way with my, how I've set up my bike and I've had, I definitely ridden with less than four millimeters and, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's yeah, been working it's, uh, to it's, some it's, extent, it's working, but, but it's, it's also been, depend. It is definitely, definitely, but it depends on which part that has that clearance as well. I, I, it's my, it's my personal assumption at least. <laughs> um, but should we, should we talk a little bit about uh, the tire as well? Kind of where, how do you see, how do I choose like an optimal tire versus the, versus the, the rim that I have, the wheel that I have? What, how do you, how do you recommend people so to, to think about specialist. that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> but let, we can we can talk about one thing. We, we can talk about one thing that that. Yeah, but we can talk about one thing that is interesting because when I when I when I myself was looking for for wheels, right? I, I was looking for the. Um, I was into DT Swiss when uh, <laughs> when I was choosing my 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 wheels, and. I was looking and then I was choosing between 650 and 700C, right? And we were going to talk about the difference there a little bit. But the interesting thing there, I think um, there was some diagram on the webpage and there was some, uh, according to the aerodynamics, that if you had a too wide of a tire, you lose sort of the aero gains of the wheel. So can we speak about that sort of how the, the relationship in between the tire and the wheel, and the wheel maybe? That's something that we could do. Exactly. Uh, so if you have any... It's, insights it's to a, share it's around the surface so uh, when i say okay we're not an expert in tires but we, which does not mean that we no, do not measure tires and do not test tires because we want to want to make sure that the, the products are compatible uh, to different tire manufacturers or the biggest tire brands uh, but what one thing you you touch touch on is the um, the aerodynamics and this is this is uh, really true so when we started developing these um the carbon rims in uh, 2019 were they were released, so we started the uh, development earlier. We uh, also choose to to work with Swissite, an expert in aerodynamics, and uh, there we we also tested different um, different uh, different sizes of tires and also different types of tires. So as soon as you start to, then you surely lose due to the turbulence of the tire, 
a lot of aerodynamics. So even though the the, the frontal frontal area is uh, remains remains small, it doesn't mean uh, that that you do, that you're, um, you it means that you still lose some some aerodynamics. So we tested everything from a slick tire towards the knobby tire, and then you see the differences. So depending on what you do, and and as you said. I want to go speed. I want to do a fast gravel ride. I want to go the UCI series with 30 kilometers average and above. That means that in, in the worst case, you can have from the frontal drag uh, area, you can have maybe 20 watts more of power you have to put onto the pedal to achieve the same, the same, uh, the same speed only from the frontal drag. And there's also there are also influences from the side sidewinds from crosswinds. So the crosswinds also affect then the aerodynamics. And then we're talking about the sailing effect, which also gives you a little push. But as soon as you have more knobby tires on your on your on your rim, it means you uh, destroy a lot of your of your aerodynamic. And so this is why the beginning was 35, 35 millimeters yeah. of uh, of tire width. And um, this still works the best. So as soon as you make it make it a little bit wider, you lose an aerodynamics. But we also see that um, the tire industry and um, there are some 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 manufacturers. I don't know, I would name them now, but everybody knows them. They're really working on the speed uh, speed gravel tires, and uh, they have been really successful in the past. Not only from the um, perspective of fitting, but also from the perspective of um, aerodynamics. And this this effect. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting to hear that it's as much as 20 watts. That's because that can make a big difference, especially when you're riding for a couple of hours in, in a race or, or, uh, or so. But the one, thing, the one thing that is interesting for me when, when, when I chose the 650s in comparison, that's where people, I think there's a lot of little bit of um, people assume that just because you go 650, you are slow. And to my... My 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 understanding or the why the why what I have experienced at least is that with the bigger tire, if it's not too knobby as you say, you still get a fairly sort of cushion effect, which means that you you're not uh, losing. Um, you can go much smoother, which more which means that you can put down more power, and you don't get as fatigued as well. So that's kind of uh, how I reason when I think that I, when when I'm riding 650B. Co completely right what you're saying so um this is a part of the rolling resistance idea and so this is why we are talking also about uh, setting setting the wheel um tubeless if the wheel if you're doing the wheel tubeless that means that you need less energy to um to to um, to move the, um, the the tire so if you're rolling over a little stone it means you don't have to go this extra centimeters up the stone and down the stone where you lose energy you just roll over it and the, the tire is just um smooth taking the smooth smooth onto it but i think um this is a compromise you have to take if you say okay 650d is my 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 wheel choice and you go with a larger tire so there's a compromise always between aerodynamics and the comfort and you don't exactly know what is what is my exactly. what is my okay. my rolling resistance? How how is my rolling resistance going down if I'm riding a fifty or fifty plus tire compared to a forty tire with maybe zero point five bar more of uh, tire pressure? It is really really tricky, and um, there yeah. I, I don't have the answer right now. It's trial and error. No. And, and, and another another problem that I realized, I mean, the the benefit of, it, of running 650B is that you get slightly less diameter, 
which means that you have actually more tire clearance because when I now set up my, my, my existing bike with 700C and some specific tires, I could not fit them because they were too big for my bike. And I, I of course, the biggest problem was that I, that I have a two-by setup. Um, luckily, there might be a new bike coming tomorrow. So let's see if that's going to be a one-by or not. <laughs> so I'm going to have more, more experience from that. So I'm really looking forward to that. But hey, Ralph, what, um, what about um, the, the hubs itself? I mean, you are... DT Swiss is super known. I, I've heard so many people talk about DT Swiss hubs. What 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 is the difference with DT Swiss hubs in comparison um, to everyone else's? When I when I when we started in 1994, it was about these folks. In 1995, we added a, a hub system, a free hub system. It was called DT Hugi, and the Hugi system is actually our free hub system, which is working with um, ratchet uh, with a ratchet system. So what you have is like you have ratchets. Um, that engage simultaneously, depending on the on the amount of teeth that this ratchet has, between eighteen and uh, fifty four teeth you have, there you can um, simultaneously engage. And um, for the for the viewers, I bought a ratchet here, so you can see this is a this, oh, is, this is an eighteen. Oh, exactly. And compared to this, is is a thirty six. So these are the, the the ones the ones we have, oh. and they engage. So and they engage simultaneously when they when they turn, and so it's very simple. Also brought some some exciting stuff here. So <laughs> nice. So when you when the, the free hub that, that's the free hub, and when it spins and makes this the sound, you can't maybe hear it right now because it's well well greased, but you can take it off, and then you see that this ratchet system. Is right sitting behind the um, the cassette, sitting here. So we have two ratchets inside, Whoop. and these ratchets they engage. So when they engage and you you uh, you push the pedal, then everything is fine. You don't hear any sound. As soon as you stop pedaling, it means this uh, typical ratchet sound comes on. So in this case, we have 18 T's on it. It's not very loud. Um, when you have like a carbon wheel, then it's getting louder. If you have a 36 T's uh, ratchet, it's getting even louder. And so you have been experienced this, you have been experienced probably the aluminum and also the carbon carbon stuff. So this is very unique for us. And it's now also included in, in all the wheels. So we don't have any wheels with the um, so-called uh, three-pole system, three-pole free-up system in our, um, in our program and in our program anymore. Yeah, people, pe people tend to, People tend to like listening to the free freewheel sound when the ratchet sort of engage or disengages against each other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how, how can I make it louder? What? Yeah, you take off the grease, but it's, yeah. it's not. It's Remove not the, the idea of degreasing yeah. because you will come it's to be good. aware of the of the ratchet. So these are steel ratchets that, that turn against each other, and the higher the speed, so the more drag you will have, and also yeah. the the more um, premature wear you can you can uh, it will arise. So um, this is why we have to regrease yeah. it and do a little service of the of the free up system. But this is uh, what what the DD Swiss exactly. is known for. And um, okay. thanks God we are now having in all wheels the same free up system, ratchet and ratchet EXP. So they're a little bit uh, different naming and different concepts. But in generally, it's about engaging of two ratchets. Very reliable. Yeah, I mean I. 
now, now, now I need to be honest again and transparent here, right? So, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm new to cycling, and, I, and I'm not a bike mechanic in any kind of way. I'm, I'm an engineer, so I know, I know my, st- I know my stuff. But nonetheless, taking apart the uh, uh, Swiss hub is super simple. You don't need any tools, even. It's crazy. But here comes the funny thing: <laughs> the grease. I put the wrong grease on the righteous system the first time, and I actually did it twice. So that's that's a big mistake of mine. <laughs> I think I remember seeing this video of you said, "No, it's the wrong yeah. grease you put on." <laughs> no, we we have yeah. we, we don't have any tutorials on DT Swiss uh, YouTube channel. Surely everything is uh, is visible on YouTube channel of, of Swiss, and there you can find a lot of tutorials about how to service and how to make a quick service a small service and it's, yeah. it's not a rocket science it's just you have to have the right grease take it off clean it put no. it together and that's it very simple yeah uh, it's su- super impressive that system I'm, I'm i'm completely blown away because i i was thinking now i'm going to need oh. all these tools but no you just pull it apart and just if you lost, clean it put the right grease and put it back together you can you can just make a small service if you have the grease with you and 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 how often should I should I do that? What's your depending on there? where you ride, how you ride, and how long you ride? So um, if you're mm. if you're riding more in uh, gravel related areas, there's a lot of dust around. So usually it's it's already um, sealed. It's quite well sealed, but there's a possibility that that always dust is coming into the into the system, into this closed system. And so I would recommend doing it twice a year depending on the, on the mileage of the kilometers you're doing. If you're doing a lot of kilometers, like 10,000, I'm not sure if you're, if you're capable of doing this, if you have enough time, but I would say uh, twice is good. Have, just have a look into the, into the system, clean it, regrease it, and that's it. And if you have a little tube of, of 20 grams, I think yeah. it's, it's called DT Swiss Special Greens, it will last for around 100 wheels, rear wheels. I mean, you don't have to grease the front wheel. Wow. Wow. Wow, oh, that's uh, exactly. You don't need that much. Uh, that's ten, that's, ten, that's ten really really good. Exactly. Yeah, I've 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 had people message me that oh, I broke my wheels and my 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 hubs are broken down or something like that. And like, <laughs> what did you do with them? <laughs> um. But there's one other part that is quite interesting to me to do to wheels as well, and that's the spokes. I mean, every every wheel has spokes, right? And spoke, how do you think about like I I this is so interesting to me. Like spoke count, there's even flat spokes; they're not round anymore. What what goes into the spokes? Well, you can you can also do, take round spokes, which is not a problem. Um, we are specialists in spokes, as you know. So we we produce uh, each day a lot of spokes. And the, the special spokes are all made in, in Switzerland. And uh, this means that we have double butted uh, spokes, so they're reduced spokes where the diameter is reduced in the middle. And this means with a reduced diameter, you have a little bit uh, more tensile strength. You have a, yeah, it's going to be condensed, the steel is condensed. This is one thing. But as you also mentioned, the, um, the steel spokes on, uh, on aero spokes, you won't, you, you won't exactly see it. Yeah, maybe you can see it here. So these are already um, uh, aero spokes in all our um, road wheels. We have aero spokes in it called AeroComb. In this case, it's AeroComb wide spokes. And uh, these are once more forged. Um, they are flat forged. And this means that, we, that you have less um, 
rotational um, drag as well, but also like the double, like the, the um, spokes or like the um, reduced spokes, it means they're more, uh, the condensation of the spokes means um, higher tensile strength. So um, besides the aerodynamic gain, which is a little bit of gain, you also have um, a much stronger spoke. And this is why we believe that um, for this brake wheel, uh, 24 spokes is enough um, for a bio bike. So uh, as soon as you as you take a motor into account, then then we um, put up the spoke count as well. So this is also one thing we we do. But oh, so all all the so the e bikes yeah, they we, have more spokes. Um, there you have like to to um, think about the torque of the motor. So the torque is giving you some some extra uh, torque. And the torque is applied through the pedal. Um, however, the, the motor is, is is working over the chain onto the cassette, onto the free up body, and the next thing is the ratchet system and plus the hub shell. So, and this is where the bending is starting. So, as soon as you as, as you have the um, the torque on the hub shell, it means there's something happening in the middle of the of the wheel. This is why we are not not adjusting that we don't need to adjust the rim so we don't make the, the rim sturdier or heavier but we increase the number of spokes by the gravel for the for the mm. gravel so okay HD, interesting it's called hd um, 1800 gravel wheel uh, it allows up to 140 kilograms of system weight and has 20 20 uh, 28 spokes so if you're thinking about even not a bio bike, if you just then say, okay, I'm running in the nature, doing bike packing, but I have a lot of, lot of luggage because I'm traveling through the Antarctic or whatever I do from, from North America to South America and I need, need a lot of weight. So these are, these are probably your wheels you can rely on over the whole, whole, um, whole journey. So I, I was fortunate enough to, to, to try out the new, um, GR1600 uh, wheels now, uh, aluminium wheels. But should we, um, so can we speak a little bit about what sort of, when, when, if, if I come and I want to choose a pair of wheels uh, looking at sort of aluminium versus carbon primarily, what, 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 what do I need to consider when I, when I, when I, when I do so that? What, what, What's what, the differences? What do you want to go? If you, if you uh, really want a cool looking set, I would say, okay, go for carbon. If you want to be fast, go for carbon. Um, Carbon, the carbon rims are definitely aerodynamically optimized as we, we talked about it. A higher rim means you can have um, higher speed, uh, less, um, less aerodynamic drag. So also with increasing, increasing speed, the drag um, slows you down because the, um, the aerodynamic drag is the, the, the drag that, um, that really um, is growing over proportionally with the, with, the new, with the speed. While the rolling resistance and the, the weight doesn't matter anymore, but the the, the speed um, and the aerodynamic drag really matters. So this is where where you have to consider: Am I a speed guy? Do I do I really need this wheel set if I'm riding um, fast races? If I really want to enjoy, if I enjoy this, then go for the carbon. If you need like a, a sturdy set, all round set, a commuter set, then uh, aluminum set is uh, really a good good choice. And since we have now all the wheels in uh, with a with mm -hmm. ratchet, ratchet system, I think there is almost no difference be between the free up system. There's a little bit of difference uh, in the in terms of the rims. So the rims of the GR1600 they are welded, while the um, the rims of the um, entry level set is um, sleeved. So this is a little bit of difference. So this makes it a little bit more of weight, but in general, uh, aluminum set can be very sturdy 
and uh, for commuting, for riding, for training, it's perfect. So it's it's up to you where you use it. I I wouldn't say right. a bike packer would need a carbon wheel system. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Oh, <laughs> understood. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ralph. This, this was super, super interesting. Love all the details. Then I, I got to learn a couple of few things uh, as, as usual when talking to people like you. So I'm, I'm more than happy that you joined me. Um, so what's, what's your next ride? Is it going to be commuting to work tomorrow or do you plan to do something um, different? No, I will, I will be here at home office actually uh, tomorrow. And we had a, a community ride yesterday. Uh, we um, were launching a set of uh, aero aluminum wheels today in, uh, for DT Swiss. So the first time we are, we're having aluminum wheels um, aerodynamically optimized and they were launching today. And yesterday we had a lunch ride, uh, a, lunch ride a social lounge ride, I would call it. I was dropped, so I'm still a little bit, um, how would I say, a little tired of it. So I'll make, a, make another rest day, but there might be a little bit uh, rolling outside on the, on the roads tomorrow, but easy, very easy. But, but quickly, and now I get now I got interested. What are what are these aluminium wheels? Are they are they specifically road, exactly, road wheels yeah. or They're, and a little bit higher we, profile we then? Or make, we try to make an aerodynamic um, profile for aluminium wheels, but it's this is very difficult. So when you have uh, when you try to optimize and you make aerodynamic wheels, then you usually think about forty millimeters, thirty five, forty five, fifty millimeters of of uh, of rim rim height. But in this case, um, when you when you go up with a with a rim height on an aluminum wheel, this, this this means it picks up a lot of a lot of weight. So we try to make it a really good compromise, a really good looking compromise yeah. on a thirty mil um, rim height um, that almost looks like a carbon wheel set. When you when you have a look, and you don't you wouldn't say okay, this is aluminum wheel. And uh, but we worked with our aerodynamic partner Swissside. And they were optimized by CFD simulation, and later on we also confirmed this in the wind tunnel. And, and they are actually our fastest um, um, aluminum wheel sets in TT uh, Swiss. And we figured out about 1.7 watts of, of gain, which doesn't uh, sound that much, but but for a low profile rim, it's quite a lot. You can you can imagine. It is. It is indeed. Wow. Very cool. Thank you very much for sharing those news. Um, again, thank you very much. All you that have been listening, you can always re-listen re to, to this on Instagram. You can also look me up on YouTube or you can listen to it on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Just search for Gravelholic and you will find this. And so by, by saying that, thank you very much, Ralph, and Hello, uh, have a good evening. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.